0: Hello, thank you for listening to this sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allow you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. And good morning. The book of Revelation says this, Revelation 4, verse 1, it says, And I looked, and behold, a door standing open to heaven. This is what was happening in heaven. And all around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, and the second living creature like an ox third living creature with the face of a man and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. The four living creatures, each of them, six wings, are full of eyes all around and within day and night. They never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, Who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before him. Who is seated on the throne. And worship him. Who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne. Saying worthy are you Lord and God. To receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And by your will they existed and were created. That's our God. Isn't that awesome? You guys have got to wake up. Listen, we have an awesome God and we just got to sing what the angels and what the, what the, what the beings of heaven. We get a glimpse into heaven there in Revelation chapter four. We get a door that's open and we get to see what's happening and these living creatures are praising God and saying you are worthy. And we just got to do that this morning. We get really excited about a lot of different things. But let me tell you, and let me encourage you that when you walk in here and we get to worship our great God together, you bring that excitement with you. Okay. That's not a chastisement. That's an encouragement to say we serve and we worship an awesome God. Amen. And I can't help but to think as we're singing that song, man, we just get a little taste, just a little bit of a taste of heaven. And what it's going to be like. Oh, man, we need to practice, don't we? You need to practice. I can tell. You need practice. And we get to work on that. This morning, we have the great privilege of having uh, one of our own share this morning. Um, uh, last Sunday and this Sunday, we have our Faith Promise Mission Sundays. Um, if you if you don't open your weekly emails, you need to do that. Georgia sends those out each Friday. kind of gives you a glimpse of what's coming for the week and the activities. But it also gives you an update on what's coming up. On Sundays and today this morning Jen's going to come and share Jen uh, Allison and it was back in 2016 um, when Portugal won the Euro Cup and we had the fiasco of trying to get our team back and their plane was uh, delayed because Ronaldo and all the the soccer guys were at the airport celebrating and Pastor David he has uh, some claim to fame because Ronaldo sprayed him with champagne Um, that was one of the things that he came back and he said um, but back in 2016, um, we took a missions trip um, to Portugal to work with our missionaries. Brent and Tammy Lowe were there at that time. And uh, and Jen had been to Japan. She's been to Canada with us, uh, several different trips. And um, it was, it's just neat because God got a hold of her heart and her life there in 2016. And, uh, and so she'll be sharing some of that. And just to be able to give you an update. It is so exciting for me to be able to see one of our own here have a desire to go out and to share the gospel with other people. Because do you realize and know that there are millions and millions of people who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? They're lost and they're dying without hope. And we need to be able to share right where we're at. And we need to be willing to go wherever God calls us. And so uh, it's really exciting to have Jen come. Uh, I won't say too much more. Jen, why don't you come and you share with us um, Jen Allison, uh, one of our own West Hillians, and uh, um, I didn't say hillbillies, Dale, okay, West Hillians. And uh, so we're glad and thankful to have Jen. Would you welcome Jen um, to the platform here? Thanks.
1: That was like the nicest intro ever. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I'm always super excited when I'm asked to speak to West Hill because um, Morgan and I have been coming here for 13 or 14 years, and uh, we view most of you as very close family to us, so it's exciting um, to be able to share a little bit of what the Lord is doing. I tried to get Morgan to come up here with me this morning, but she goes, Mom, I'm in the nursery and there's babies. And I said, well, wouldn't you rather speak and share? And she's like, but there's babies. So Unfortunately, she's not up here to share with me, but um, she's certainly part of this um, journey with me. So I want to start a little bit by saying that um, I love to read scripture, and recently in the last two years, I've really become to appreciate it so much more, mainly because every time you read it, even if you've read it 12, 13 times before, there's always something new that pokes out to you. There's something new that you're understanding of it, or there's something new that just really speaks to you and and sits on your heart. And as I was reading through the book of Luke in December um, with a very close friend of mine, Luke chapter 9 really just sat on my heart. And that is where um, Jesus was sending the 12 disciples. And so I want to read just a little bit out of Luke this morning. Um, I chose not to do uh, slides for this because I like when we dig into our Bible. So Um, I'll ask if you would please open up to Luke um, 9. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2, but um, I'll be here to read it if you don't have your Bible. Luke 9 says, And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. So what really stuck out to me in this In these two verses specifically are are three things that Jesus did. He called the disciples, he entrusted them and prepared them, and then he sent them. And so as I think about um, my call into missions and kind of the journey that we're walking through pre-field, I want to share a little bit about how the Lord has called us, how he's preparing us, um, and then how he will send us. So when Jesus called them, his call superseded any kind of personal ambition that they had. So they laid down whatever it was that they were doing and they followed him. In 2011, when our church uh, went to Japan for our missions trip, um, I was called to go on that trip. And then coming back from that trip, I realized that I was not called to be missionary. I was called to just support them and pray for them. Uh, What I found is that that was my calling, not what the Lord was calling me to do. And so when the uh, trip in 2016 to Portugal came up, I prayed about God to assemble that perfect team together. And little did I know that he had asked me to also attend that trip. And as Pastor Aaron said a little bit, it was a very interesting trip that left a very different impression on my heart. Um, My heart for the Portuguese people um, just exploded during that trip. And I realized that in a country that is so beautiful and people that are so kind, Um, that there's just such a lack of presence of people having um, known the gospel or having a relationship with Jesus. And so when we got back on the plane to come home after Pastor David was sprayed with champagne, um, I looked out the window and I just remember saying like goodbye in my mind and the Lord laying on my heart like, this isn't going to be your last time. You will be back. So when I came back, Um, you know, there's always kind of this natural adrenaline that you get when you come back from a missions trip because you know that you've done something really impactful, and you just pray and hope that the things that you've done have left a lasting um, impression on people. And so I thought for a little while I would just let that wear off a little bit. And I realized that after a couple of weeks of still waking up every morning and going to bed every night with the Portuguese people on my heart, that there was something so much more that the Lord was trying to show me. And so I talked to my daughter, uh, Morgan, who I believe might have been in seventh grade at the time, and I said, you know, I think that the Lord might be calling us into this, and I think that we should check it out. And so we did a one-month survey trip over in Portugal where we got to um, live and work with the field team that's over there, just absorb the culture, kind of understand the dynamic over there. And when we came back, it was pretty apparent that That was definitely the direction that the Lord had for us. One of the amazing things that I love about this is we are so blessed to be able to feel and hear when the Spirit is calling us to do something. It's something very, very special and something that I wish um, as we continue to share the gospel with others that um, they just really understand um, just the true blessing that that is. And then as we go on, uh, he says, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and cure disease. Well, I can assure you that I'm not being prepared to cast out demons and cure disease. um, But I am being prepared in a lot of different ways. Um, There's a lot of biblical knowledge, um, book work, coursework that's required as part of being on pre-field. And then there's a lot of preparation of the heart. And so when we come to look at building up biblical knowledge, um, I've been tasked at taking Old Testament and New Testament survey courses. Um, I will be taking a methods of Bible study course starting here in July. And then I took the most intense course I have ever taken in my life. I spent six and a half years in college. And this theology class that I had to take was by far the hardest thing I have ever done. Um, It was a two-week condensed theology course, so anybody that's ever taken theology in college tried cramming that semester into two weeks uh, for about six hours a day. It was was a lot. And so as the Lord prepares me um, to gain more biblical knowledge so I'm able to have better conversations with people, he's also really preparing my heart. Um, I am not an individual that enjoys speaking in front of a group of people, so even though I love all of you and I know most of you, this is very uncomfortable for me. Um, I'm more of a one-on-one, one-on-two, one-of-three type of person, and so um, I've had a really beautiful opportunity to have some one-on-one devotions and Bible studies uh, with some women at my gym and some women that I work with, and we have been doing this now I would say a little over a year where it started, we would meet once a week and we would just have devotions and I would walk through the book of John with them and we would pray and they would ask questions and I would get nervous because I felt like I needed to have all the answers. Um, But what I realized is that you don't have to have all the answers. And when you think of the word missionary, to me, I always thought like, well, somebody asked me a question and I don't know them. They're going to think I'm failing as a missionary. But that's not true. Um, I would always just respond with, you know what, I don't know, but let's dig into it together and let's find out. And then as we spent time meeting once a month, they asked if we could start meeting more frequently. And so we started meeting every other week at Panera and we would just pray and have devotions. And then it was, well, let's do every other week and a Saturday hike. And so we started to do that. And it was such a beautiful, organic relationship that that was built with these women. Um, there was no pressure, there was no intimidation. It was really just um, a beauty and blessing that the Lord allowed these women in my life. And I have absolutely gained just as much from them as I hope that they've gained from our time together, um, just praying and being with one another. And then finally, let me say one other thing about preparing one of the professors in a class that i took said aren't we lucky that god doesn't call the equipped and i thought about that and i said yeah because if god only calls people that are equipped to go on the missions field i don't know that many of us could raise our hands and so what a blessing it is that he takes people that are just willing to raise their hand and say here i am lord i'm willing my heart is in it send me And then he'll prepare you. And and that preparation is different for every person. Um, But how cool is it that he chooses to use anybody that's willing to say, I'll go. And then Jesus sent them. This is one I really struggle with. I am an overachiever. And so when I went to my agency and they said, you know, typically it takes 18 months to get on the missions field to be fully supported. I thought, whatever, I'm doing it in 12. Like, I'm going to get there. And again, that was me kind of trying to take that control into my own hand. And then COVID hit, and churches were shutting down, and people weren't leaving the homes like they were, and, and a lot of people in churches financially just were not having um, missionaries come in to share or to support. And so um, it felt like things were really shutting down, and it kind of felt like we were at a dead stop for a while. And through that time, I kept thinking in my mind as a problem solver, I'm like, I could sell my home, and I could self-support myself for X amount of time, or I could cash out a little bit of my 401k, and I can self-support a little bit that way. But that's not what God wants us to do, because when you are getting ready to go to a missions field, it's not just you. It's it's a team of people that the Lord really um, puts together, and, and assembles for you. And so I thought, okay, I need to just wait on the Lord and wait for his timing. And I still struggle with that because I, I like to be able to control things and, and do things in my time. But um, I'm learning very quickly that the Lord's timing is best, and it's best if I try to not mess with that because it never ends up working out the way that that I want it to. And Sometimes I wonder if he sits up there and he's, like, shaking his head, like, Jennifer, when are you finally going to get this? Um, but it's probably going to be a few more times before it really kind of sinks in that, like, I need to just not, not try to control this. So I want to go and I want to read a little bit more of Luke. Um, again, because it just, it left such an impression on me um, and just about my journey. And so I'm going to read Luke uh, verses 10 and 11. And on their return, the apostles told him all that they had done. He took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. Then the crowds learned it. They followed him and welcomed him and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had a need of healing. So when the disciples came back, they had to give an account of what they've done. And as I think of that, I'm going to have to give an account on how obedient I'm being in prefield. And not just in Prefield, but how obedient I'm being in just his overall call for my life. It's been very easy for my mind to go to a place that says, we've been trying to raise support going on three years and we're not there yet, so let's just forget this and let me just continue my life in an IT department in Norville, Ohio. But That's not what God is calling me to do, and that's not essentially what I'm going to be held accountable for to him. There's things in Prefield I've done really, really well, and then there's things in Prefield that I really still need to work on, and um, I'm learning each and every day that God is uh, molding certain parts of my life and certain parts of my heart um, to be able to fulfill that. And when when the disciples came back, I'm sure that they were really, really tired. And the beautiful part about this is that God didn't say, like, go away, get yourself together, and then come back. He said, like, come with me. And it's such a comfort and such an encouraging feeling to know that in every step of the journey to missions, whether it's good or bad, discouraging, whatever it is, that the Lord is walking right next to me every step of the way, saying in my ear, like, I've got you. During those times of discouragement, um, I was really, really thankful to have opportunities to talk to people that I consider like my missions mentors. And um, Rick and Sherry are some of those people, and Peter and Dorothy Dallenberg are are those that are just very close to me that I consider really mentors to me in the missions field because they have such a heart for it. And I remember talking to Rick at Skyview when we had our family um, camp. On Labor Day weekend and he asked how support raising was going and I shared with him, um, you know, some discouragement that I had been going through. Uh, I've had a lot of churches, um, I'll share this because you're our home church and, and I feel comfortable with you, but I've had a lot of churches say that we have no, we have no desire to support a woman that's divorced or we have no desire to support someone that is not a church planter as their primary role. And it really is sad to me um, because the Lord uses all kinds of different people. And anything that's in our past is is part of the story that God has written for us. And so um, you'll learn more as I share in a little bit about my vision and what I'll be doing on on the missions field. But... Um, It was really at that point where I had to take a step back and say, I don't know that this is for me. I don't know that I have thick enough skin to be able to do this. And Rick had mentioned a book to me. He had recommended a book, and it was called Stay the Course. And as I've gone into um, this year, my overall theme for this year has just to been stay the course. Whatever God is asking me to do, I'm going to stay the course, even if it's uncomfortable, Even if it's something that I think should come at a different time, it's to stay the course. And so when I was going through a period of discouragement, I took a trip uh, down to Florida in November. And one of the things that I love to do is I love to go fishing, uh, which is funny because the Canada trip was super uncomfortable for me. I I don't like dirt. I don't like rustic. But I love to go fishing. And I rarely catch anything. Um, but it's super peaceful. And so I took a trip down to the Mayaka River State Park in Florida, and I spent a day in a canoe um, surrounded by little gator heads poking out of the water. And I had a bologna sandwich and cheez and Gatorade with me, and my phone was turned off. And it was just the most peaceful day I have had in years. Because I ask God for a lot. I ask for direction. I ask for, you know, him to just show me, open doors, slam doors, do whatever. Um, I'm not very good at taking a step back though and listening and waiting. And so this was an opportunity for me to get away during that time of discouragement to really just say, okay, Lord, what is it that you're doing in my life? Is this really what I'm supposed to continue doing? The fight, sometimes it doesn't feel like it's gonna outweigh the reward. And I just sat and I listened. And I got the answer that I was just supposed to continue to stay the course. I found that the cure for exhaustion and discouragement is having intimacy with God. Having a relationship with him, not just going to him, but really going to him. And being vulnerable and crying and saying, Lord, this hurts what you're doing This hurts. Having churches tell me, no, it hurts. Like, you can't possibly want this for me. But when you go to him and you just tear down those walls, which he already knows what's behind them, when you just go and you tear them down and you say, okay, I'm open, talk to me, it just makes you feel so much more encouraged, again, even if it's not what you're expecting or really want to hear. I ask him all the time, Lord, allow my heart to want more for me, more of what you want for me than what I want. Because what I want sometimes is to not leave the country and leave my family behind or to leave my job behind. But I know that there is such a blessing in being able to help carry out the Lord's work and to be able to spread the gospel with people that maybe have not had an opportunity to do it. And maybe it's not great for a missionary to stand up here and say, like, I don't really want to leave the country. But there are days that, you know, in full transparency that I feel that way. But I know that that's just my discomfort. And when the Lord doesn't, when the Lord doesn't stretch us, we don't grow. So the Lord is definitely taking areas of my life right now, my heart and my mind, and he's stretching me and he's growing me. And there are times where it's uncomfortable. And at the end of the day, I fall on my knees and I say, thank you for the discomfort. Because I know in the end that this is what your desire for me to do is. I want you all to know that when you turn on the news and you see all the negativity that's out there right now, that God is moving. He is doing incredible things. I see it. I see the Great Commission being fulfilled. I see churches that are being planted. I see... Churches that are multiplying leaders. And I see that there are missions movements in countries we never thought that we might see them in. There's a big, big focus right now on people being sent into uh, areas where there are unreached people groups. And how can people hear if there's not anybody willing to go and tell them? And so I hope that you're encouraged by seeing how the Lord is working in a lot of different areas. Specifically in Portugal, uh, when, when the church had gone over there in 2016, uh, there was a really big kind of like transition with the team. There had been a lot of people that had been on the field um, 30, 40 years that were getting ready to retire. And there wasn't really a, you know, a line of people kind of waiting to come onto the field. And so the Lord has assembled over the past few years his perfect team to serve that area. There's been a new family um, that was originally in Ireland, and because of some challenges uh, getting into that country, have been rerouted to Portugal, and they're thriving and they're loving it. The Lord has um, called two new families. He has provided support for them to come uh, for church plants, and the areas that they will be serving will be in the areas where they have lost missionaries um, due to retirement. And so God is definitely providing and meeting those needs. My specific role in Portugal will be acting as the business manager, and that's really just a fancy word for somebody that's required to do the banking, the financial reporting, working with the country's accountant, uh, making sure that all the um, T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, and uh, working with the attorneys as we look to lease buildings and, and get all of that done. Uh, which is terrifying because i don't know much portuguese let alone read it so that's another area that the lord's definitely going to have to uh work on but there's also something that just sits on my heart so when morgan and i were were there for our uh survey trip i met a woman and i believe her name was Catherine. um i i hope i'm getting this right i believe her name was Catherine and um a majority of the people in portugal are roman catholic and somehow the the topic of divorce and single parenthood came up and and she said it's so amazing what you're doing and that you're allowed to serve and i was like what do you mean i'm allowed to serve like you know we're we're called to serve and she says oh no she goes unfortunately in my church if you're divorced you're not allowed to serve in any in any area. And it broke my heart because I'm thinking, how discouraging is that? Like, there's joy in serving. I see the leaders' faces here on Wednesday nights when you're serving the Awana children, and the joy that they have, but then the joy that they're giving you when you're serving too. Or how excited Andrew gets when he's up here leading our praise team, or you know, how crazy Pastor David gets at VBS and Rachel when, when we've got all the kids in here just screaming and being so excited. And I thought, how sad to miss out on just serving within the church. And so as I went back and I was sharing that story with the field team, they're like, yeah, single parents and divorced population are really an area that we've just not been able to reach. It's an area that we don't have anybody on our team that is really able to just connect with them. And I thought, yes, Lord, you're making this so clear to me. My heart, the core of my heart is just loving these people in Portugal that feel like they have nowhere in the church to serve because of a situation that has happened in their past. Because again, God has written a story for everybody. And in the Bible, he has used a lot of different people for some pretty great things. And not all of them had good backgrounds. And so my vision for ministry in Portugal is to really be able to create a community of people, um, a community that's very open um, to having people come in and do devotions together, single parents. I'm not going to limit it to just single, single mothers because um, there's a lot of single dads out there too. And so my vision is to really create a community where we can come and do devotions and support one another whether that's just bringing each other a meal or watching somebody's children so, you know, the parent can have a couple of hours just to themselves. But more importantly, to know that God loves you and he desires for you to serve in the church. He desires for you to use your story, whatever that is that he's written for you, to use to better and further the kingdom. And so I was thinking through my head, how would I even start this? And something told me to go to a website. So I went to a website and I found a church in Cleveland and they were starting up a single parent Bible study on Thursdays. And I thought, well, timing of that doesn't really work. And so they offered a couple other um, times. And so I joined. And we're working through a book called Lies Women Believe. Um, This class right now is only for women. But uh, we're working through a book called Lies Women Believe. And I know many of the women in here have gone through that study. And the thing that sticks out to me is no matter how long you've had a relationship with Christ, there's still a lot of lies that you believe. And so the lie that these women are believing is that there's no place in the church for them. There's no, there's no place for them to serve and no place for them to really feel um, at home. And so this has been an encouragement to me. Um, An encouragement that the Lord has allowed to happen in my life. And it's helping me understand not only how to lead a study like this, but also to be able to connect and grow um, with other men and women that are also kind of in the same um, story that I'm in. Thankfully, Andrew has agreed to help um, play some music with me. Uh, Bear with me, I'm going to be singing Good, Good Father and I'm trying to sing part of it in Portuguese. Um, Does anybody in here know Portuguese? Good. So if I get the words wrong, you won't know anyway. So I'm just going to smile and go through it, and it will be just fine. Um, But one of the things I love about music is that no matter where you go, you can connect with people with music. Uh, When we were in Japan, they were singing songs that we would sing over here, And we knew the words, and they knew their words, and it was just beautiful to have kind of everybody singing it in their own uh, native language. So um, I love that. I love that God has given us music. I love that we're able to uh, worship and praise him with music every Sunday here. Um, And I'm thankful for the people that um, serve on the praise team. good father. Um, And again, I'm just so thankful for the gift of music. So I have a short video. Thank you, Andrew. He actually just found out this morning he was doing that. So such a good praise team worship leader. Um, So we have a short video to show you. um, I pray that it touches your heart, um, not only for the people of Portugal, but for those around the world that have not had an opportunity uh, to hear the gospel um, there's a lot of unreached people groups, uh, but God's doing some really cool things, and um, all of us are a part of that in one way or the other. So I'm going to go ahead and have the video play.
2: City soaring tower, empty people live in darkness. Every minute, every hour. Hear the cry of desperation from a billion broken hearts. With a need so great, where do we eat?
1: I know we had some prayer prayer requests up there, um, but I would like to share with you um, some some that are more recent. Um, We are praying right now to be able um, to go over to Portugal sometime this summer uh, for two to three weeks to be able to reconnect with the field team. It's been quite some time since we've been over there. Um, So we're looking for a window of opportunity to do that. I also mentioned that there were two families that Uh, are getting ready to move over to Portugal. So as the field team business manager, uh, that's the perfect opportunity for me to go over and really understand uh, what's required of me to help them uh, get established. So if you could be in prayer for the Lord to open up that two to three week window uh, for us to be able to go over and serve, that would be great. Um, Another is right now we're trying to um, figure out Uh, what that looks like um, post-Morgan graduating high school. Many of you know that our goal was to try to be over there before she hit her junior year of high school. Um, That was not God's timing, so right now we're kind of talking through um, what post-graduation looks for her, whether that's something that she'll take some time off and come over and serve with me so that we can be together, Uh, whether that's her attending college here in the States and me getting her settled and Um, then heading over, or whether she will find um, one of the English-speaking colleges um, over in Western Europe to attend while I'm there. Uh, One of the praises we have is that we've hit 116% of our Outfit and Passage Fund, so praise the Lord for that. Um, Outfit and Passage, for those of you that don't know, it's the one-time fund that you need to uh, raise support for. This helps you with your visa costs, um, Shipping items over there, getting your plane tickets, establishing a vehicle, an apartment, purchasing things for your apartment. Um, So, praise the Lord that He has um, provided that for us. Right now, we're still around 30% of our monthly uh, required financial support. Um, So, we're praying for opportunities to share at small groups, churches, um, any kind of clubs or organizations. Um, individuals that have a heart for missions that might be interested in in teaming up with us. And one of the things that I appreciate about West Hill, and it really sticks in my mind, and as I share this with other missionaries, um, Pastor Aaron is always very thoughtful and intentional about saying that when we support our missionaries, we don't just send them monthly child support. We're part of their ministry. And so uh, Morgan and I are just so very thankful uh, for the support that West Hill has given us. I know as I have shared um, just the tremendous amount of love and support and um, financial backing that West Hill gives us every month, um, missionaries are blown away because their home churches um, don't have that close of a relationship and partnership with them. And so, you know, we don't call it fundraising, we call it support and partnership development because you know, God doesn't desire for us to go on the field alone. It takes a team of people, and not not that team of people all has to be there. So uh, we are so thankful to have the support of West Hill for the individuals and our prayer team. I will say, if you do not currently get our newsletters, um, there's a table right outside um, the congregation or the, the doors. Please sign up for it. It's the best way to get information and updates on what's going on, um, prayer requests getting a little bit better about sending those out uh, more frequently. I used to send them once a quarter, and I'm trying to do every other month right now. Um, But if you don't currently receive them, please sign up. Um, And then we also have prayer cards out there, too. Uh, Prayer is the most important support that anybody could ever give us uh, as we walk through this journey. So if you don't have one, please consider picking one up and and putting it on your fridge or somewhere in your home where when you walk past it and see it, uh, you just... Say a little prayer for us. We would really appreciate that. So thank you. Um, Not as nervous now. So (laughs) thank you very much. Um, Always enjoy sharing.